I'm excited for you to get a copy of my latest book, Overcoming When You Feel Overwhelmed. Sometimes life throws multiple things at you all at once. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like there's no way out of this? With everything happening, it's so easy to feel completely overwhelmed. That's why the title is Overcoming When You Feel Overwhelmed. And it's not a, a fake feeling. You absolutely feel like you can't hardly go forward. But yet God's Word gives a roadmap to victory. This is a must book that you need to read that's going to change your whole perspective on trouble and what to do when you feel overwhelmed and you feel like there's no way out. Overcoming when you feel overwhelmed. Get it today. Get your copy of Jensen Franklin's new book, Overcoming When You Feel Overwhelmed. Available now at Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Welcome to Kingdom Connection with Pastor Jensen Franklin. Did you know the first rock concert in history comes right out of the Bible? Right there in Luke 19, Jesus said that if the people were not allowed to praise him as he entered Jerusalem, the rocks would cry out on their own. Yes, that's a bad dad joke. But all throughout scripture, some of the most significant moments involved rocks. Moses struck a rock and water came out. David killed Goliath with a rock. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. He told the Pharisees that whoever was without sin could cast the first stone. Let's join Pastor Franklin as he helps us envision God's mighty works from the perspectives of the rocks he used. Last Sunday, I preached on sticks. And I preached on specifically that stick in Moses' hand. And all God needs is a stick. That's all he needs. He doesn't need you to be spectacular. He uses ordinary, common sticks to do remarkable miracles. And we went through the Bible, the sticks of the Bible. And today I'm preaching on stones because sticks and stones go together. And I want you to see this in Luke chapter 19 and verse 40. Let's back up to verse 37. Then he, then as he was now drawing near to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitudes of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory to the highest, in the highest. And some of his Pharisees, they're always around, called to him from the crowd saying, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and he said unto them, I'll tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. If, I, if, my, if people won't praise me, God said, I have rocks that will praise me. And this morning, we're going to have a rock concert. Because I've often wondered, I almost wish that the people would have silenced their praise. I almost wish they would have been quiet. What would have happened? What would have happened if Jesus would have put a heavenly microphone on the rocks in the Holy Land where some of the greatest, most miraculous events in the Bible took place, interestingly, around rocks. The Bible specifically mentions in some of the most dynamic events in the Bible that it happened through or on or around a rock, a stone. What if they could testify? What would they say? What would they say? i tell you what I believe these rocks would say. I'm going to interview them. 
Who are you? I'm Jacob's rock. The first rock mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis, the 28th chapter. What happened? I've been waiting on this a long time. I've held this inside. I experienced a miracle. I was sitting there and all of a sudden this man named Jacob, he was running from his brother. His brother Esau had 600 assassins coming to kill him and all of his family. And I'll never forget that night when that man showed up. He was so troubled. He was so lost. He was so confused. He thought that it was the end of his life by the river Jabbok. But I'll never forget the rocks testifying when he laid his head on me and he went to sleep and God gave him a dream. And while he slept on me, while he put his head on me, God showed him a vision of an, a ladder coming down from heaven. And God showed him angels ascending and descending, ascending and descending. And I'll never forget it. This is the rock testifying, Jacob's rock. And he, if he could talk, this is what he would say. He said, I'll never forget it. The next morning when he got up, you're not going to believe it. But he took oil and he poured it on me. He poured the oil on this rock and he began to thank God that even though he was lost and even though he was in trouble and even though he was confused and even though he didn't have anything, that God in that spot gave him an anointed dream. And I'm here to testify today that if you've ever been in a place where you don't know where you're going and how you're going to get out of the trouble that's coming after you, there is a God who in the middle of it can give people who are headed nowhere and confused. He can give you an anointed dream. He can open up heaven and show you what your purpose is and what his plan for your life is. And if you won't praise God, how many of you have experienced God's anointing on your dream? Let me see your hand. Then I want you to take a moment and don't let the rock take your place, but praise him for an anointed dream. Oh, well, here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another one. I want to testify. Who are you? I'm Moses' rock. What do you mean? I'll never forget it. I've been wanting to tell this forever. But I was laying out in the middle of the desert. It was barren. There was no provision. It was hot. It, there was nothing living. It was dead. And I heard a lot of people coming. And they were mumbling. And they were complaining. And they were talking about how they were better off in Egypt. And they were saying how thirsty they were. And it was at that moment that that old man with that stick, that old man in sandals, and he had a stick, and his name was Moses. He walked over and he hit me with that. This is the rock preaching this morning. He hit me with that stick. And when he did, I felt something bubbling up inside of me deep down in my soul. It became like a river. And so help me God, water started shooting out of me and suddenly the desert became a river. And I'm here to testify that God will provide and meet your every need. Even if you're in a wilderness, even if you're in a desert, there is a God who can give you beauty for ashes. He can give you 
He can give you water in the middle of your desert. He can give you provision no matter how dried up things look. And if you won't praise him for the provisions he's given you and the blessings he's poured into you, and how many of you have had the Holy Spirit bubble up inside of you in a dry place? If you won't praise him somewhere, there's a rock that'll testify, God will supply all my needs according to to his riches and glory. Take a minute and praise him if you believe it. Oh, well, here's another one. Here's another one. Who are you? I'm Joshua's rock. What do you mean? Well, I'll tell you. I was sitting up on top of that wall, the impregnable walls of Jericho. I could not believe it. There were thousands and thousands of my cousins and aunts and uncles. They were all connected together, and we thought we would never be moved. We were the walls of resistance to God's people entering into the promised land. And those people started marching, and for six days they mocked them, and the people laughed at them and called them names. But on the seventh day, the priest blew the trumpet, and when the priest blew the trumpet, I was sitting up there big and pretty. But when they blew the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout, suddenly I felt a trembling. I felt all the rocks under me shaking, and the next thing I knew, boom, they all fell down and they went up in a cloud of smoke. The walls were vaporized, and the only thing left was me. And I was flat on the ground because the Bible said the walls fell flat. And I'll never forget when I saw the first foot of the Israelites taking the promised land, the first city in the promised land. I'll never forget. And I'm here to testify that God knows how to tear down walls of resistance, walls that have tried to shut you out, walls that have tried to contain your dream, walls that have told you that you will never have a relationship with your son or your daughter again, walls that say it ain't going to happen and I defy you and I'll never move and I'll never change. There is, boy, I feel this. There is a God who can tear down walls in 2022. I don't care how thick they are. I don't care how high they are. My God is bigger. My God is stronger. And he knows how to level the walls of resistance, the walls of poverty, the walls of racism, the walls of division, the walls of anger and unforgiveness and bitterness that have gone up between you and somebody you love. In the name of Jesus, walls will fall at the shout of God's people. Will you lift up your voice? Don't let a rock cry out. You know he can bring the walls down. Give him a mighty praise. Hallelujah. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sit down. Well, who are you? You're just a little rock. I'm David's rock. What do you mean? Well, here's my testimony. I was laying in the bottom of a brook. When I first started out, I had a lot of edges, rough edges, but I got in the river and it started flipping me and tossing me and turning me and it started breaking off the rough edges and it got all the rough areas of my life, the inconsistent areas of my life, the ups and downs and the anger and the bitterness and the hurt and the addiction. It started breaking off all those, all those edges and I ended up just a smooth stone laying in the bottom, 
bottom of a brook. But that's when it happened. This is the stone testifying. I'll never forget when the shepherd reached down and picked me up. And I just want to testify. He chose me. He picked me. There were so many other rocks that were prettier. There were so many more rocks that were more qualified and more educated. But for some reason, the hand of that shepherd picked me up and put me in a slingshot and started going around and around. And I thought, Lord, how mercy he's about to release me into my destiny. And he released me. And when he released me, I remember seeing a big old giant named Goliath. And when I hit him, I destroyed him and he hit the ground. And I'm here to testify that there is a God who still kills giants in people's lives. The giant of cancer, the giant of addiction, the giant of fear and depression, the giant of, of, of immorality, the giant of sin. There is a stone that God can anoint and pick and choose that will bring it down in your life. Somebody shout, he chose me. Many are called. There's a lot of brooks in the a lot of stones in the brook, but many are called, but few are chosen. I just want to testify and praise the Lord that he chose me. What an honor to sing. What an honor to preach. What an honor to serve. What an honor to sit in God's house. And what an honor to hold a camera. What an honor to park cars because he chose me. I'll tell you this. If you want to get out of the, being stuck in the mud, you need a pastor. You need a shepherd. Because the call of a shepherd, it's because a lot of you, you're saved and you're on your way to heaven, but you're stuck in the mud. It's because you're not getting fresh instructions from heaven. You need a shepherd in your life. You need a pastor in your life. A pastor who will reach down with messages at times and pull you out of yourself and pull you out of the rut you're in and say, wait a minute, God has a destiny for you. You're not just here to fill in time. Oh, what's this? What's this? Looks like you got blood on you. What's wrong with you, Rock? I was, I was in the demoniac's hand. I would hear him at night. He was possessed with thousands of demons. He would tear his clothes off, according to Mark chapter 5. He would cry out day and night. They would hear his voice screaming, help me, help me, help me, as demons would torment him. And then he would reach for me and he would cut himself in agony with fury and anger and self-hatred. He would cut himself. He so hated himself. He would shoot himself up. He would drink himself silly. He, 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 he had self-hatred. And I, I, I have blood because he cut himself and lived in the graves, in the graveyard. No man could tame him. I saw him. He held me. No man could tame him. No counselor could fix him. No program could turn him around. Oh, but one day, I just want to testify that a man from Galilee got out of the ship. 
And when he got out of the boat, suddenly that man still had me in his hand, bleeding, wounded, tore up by demons, fell at his feet and began to worship him. And when he did, Jesus cast the demons out of him and they went into the swine and he got up and he was clothed and in his right mind and he threw me down never to pick me up again. And I want to testify there is a God who can deliver you, deliver you from demons, deliver you from destruction, deliver you from suicide, woo, deliver you from, from addiction and killing yourself slowly. There is a God. And I wonder how many of you were alcoholics and drug addicts and how many of you were suicidal and how many of you were tormented by demon powers. How many of you were under the curse of sin and Satan had such a grip on you, but God delivered you. If you won't praise him, God will have a rock somewhere in the sands of time that can testify he whom the sun sets free is free in when he shows up, demons bow. Who is this? Who are you? I'm the stone of forgiveness. What do you mean? The Pharisees called her. I was there. John chapter 8, in the very act of adultery, she was a failure. She was over. She was ruined. She was unredeemable. She was, she was, she was committing adultery. And they threw her at the feet of Jesus. And with stones in their hands, my, my, my other stone friends were were in the hands of the Pharisees and they couldn't wait to release the rocks. And they charged Jesus with a statement, Moses and the law says, stone her for her sexual immorality. She'll die in shame. She'll die in guilt. She'll die always being remembered as an adulteress. Then they made a terrible mistake. They ask one question, what do you say, Jesus? And Jesus, I'll never forget it. They walked over and they put me in his hand as if he was supposed to throw the first stone. But instead, he knelt down in the sand and he started touching dirt. God who is holy and sinless and perfect, pure, holy, Jesus touches dirty people, nasty people with nasty stories, filthy stories, messed up lives. I think he wrote L-O-V-E. I think he wrote Calvary. And he said this statement, let the rock preach. He said something. He said, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And something funny happened. 
they all, according to the text, they all from the oldest to the youngest, all of them dropped the rock except Jesus. He was the only one qualified who had never committed a sin and he could have thrown it. But instead, he said, I give you the stone of forgiveness. Neither do I can listen to that word. Condemnation is Satan's number one weapon. When you failed morally and sexually, condemnation. You're dirty. You're unclean. Any voice is telling you that. If you'll bring that sin to the cross, you don't ever have to listen to that again. You are born again. You are brand new. You are cleansed. You are holy. You are pure. You are clean. You are righteous. You are forgiven. It's the stone of forgiveness. And so I close with this. You're, you're at a point now in your life or some of you need Jacob's dream, Jacob's rock. You need an anointed dream. And some of you are at a point in your life where you love the Lord, but you're in a desert and you're in a wilderness and you're in a dry place and barren. And you need Moses' rock that brings refreshing and brings provision, water out of the rock, right in the middle of your desert. You're so weary. You're so worn. You're so tired. There's refreshing that can come to you today. Maybe you're here today and there's walls of resistance. But those walls can fall. Or maybe you're here and the reason I go over here, I wrote on the rocks what they were. <laughs> maybe you're facing a Goliath. Maybe you're watching me in one of our campuses and you got news this week from the doctor that you're facing a Goliath of cancer or you're facing a Goliath of heart disease or kidney failure. Giants still fall. Or maybe you're watching me now and you've got an addiction so strong Maybe you're cutting yourself as a teenager because your self-esteem and demons are lying in your ear. You're nobody. You have eating disorders and uh, anorexia, bulimia, you self-hatred. Please hear this preacher. There is a God who can deliver you this morning. He loves you. You have great value to him today. And don't you listen to that spirit of suicide that says, just give up. What's the use? There's a stone of forgiveness for the man who left his wife and his family. You're sitting there all alone with nothing but a bottle. You might have lots of money, but money can't satisfy what you need. There's a stone of forgiveness Jesus wants to give you. And it'll never be the same, but God can make things new and he can, he can, he can make the best out of it. 
If you'll surrender your life to Him, He's got a plan for the rest of your life. I'm excited for you to get a copy of my latest book, Overcoming, when you feel overwhelmed. Sometimes life throws multiple things at you all at once. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like there's no way out of this? With everything happening, it's so easy to feel completely overwhelmed. That's why the title is Overcoming When You Feel Overwhelmed. And it's not a, a fake feeling. You absolutely feel like you can't hardly go forward. But yet God's Word gives a roadmap to victory. This is a must book that you need to read that's going to change your whole perspective on trouble and what to do when you feel overwhelmed and you feel like there's no way out. Overcoming when you feel overwhelmed. Get it today. Get your copy of Jensen Franklin's new book, Overcoming When You Feel Overwhelmed. Available now at Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Kingdom Connection is a soul-winning ministry that is reaching the world through broadcasting, expanding into new church campuses, and global acts of compassion. By using the technology of today to fulfill the Great Commission, we are able to connect with countless people and reach hundreds of thousands of lives. Our broadcast connects with people like you all around the world with messages that speak to them. Our ministry exists to help build a connection for strengthening your faith and living out your God-given purpose. And our missions and relief work help connect you to desperate situations, showing the love of Christ through global acts of compassion. We feel the time is right and God is leading us to grow, and that only happens when you partner with us through Connection Partnership. With as little as a dollar a day, you'll be helping us reach further than we've ever been before. To become a part of this ministry and enjoy exclusive partner benefits, visit us online at jensenfranklin.org. Hope starts with you. Together, we can do something incredible for the kingdom of God. Your support helps us preach the gospel to over 200 nations around the globe, produce inspirational resources, and continue support for outreach projects. All donations received through a campaign are subject to redirection at the discretion of the organization.